0: Hello and welcome back to the CTV show. I'm Thomas Parker, as always joined by Christian
1: Catamachi Cat, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, Pac. I'm doing great. Um, You know, coming up a pretty weird week in the NFL. I have a bunch of mixed opinions, so I'm excited to get into the show, talk about them all. But I'm doing relatively well. You know, VTFL team's undefeated. Yeah, Slinging the rock.
0: My team's defeated. So, not good, not good. But yeah, like you said... Weird week in the NFL. Um, maybe it's the Halloween season. I don't know. A little, a little spooky it yesterday. Is. A lot of bad teams beating good teams. A lot of good teams not looking so great. Um, I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago where there were so many teams that were like so, so bad. With just one win, some zero. And now it feels like just a big pile of mush with so many teams with like three wins now all caught in one pile because teams like Denver are all of a sudden learning to win. And I don't know. I looked at their schedule earlier today and honestly, I think they're going to win eight games this year. It's crazy how, how long the NFL season really is because it doesn't feel long. It feels like it goes by so quickly, but these teams that some weeks look so, so bad, they tend to get second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and somehow find themselves battling late. And, it's, it's only getting to be November now. Like It's sort of now just starting to matter. We're still in the front half of the season. It's, it's crazy. It's a weird time. I, I don't know. We're going to get into a lot of it today. But a little early spoiler from, from my thoughts on all this. Don't buy into things too soon. That's what I'll say.
1: So are you suggesting that I should not be buying into the next rookie phenom quarterback, William Levis, Mayo man yeah, the of Mayo the eater. Tennessee Titans coming in and absolutely slinging the rock like he was doing it for years. I mean, that step, that play action takes about a 30-yard drop and just puts it in the bucket for Westbrook Ikine. It was probably one of the best throws that I've seen a Tennessee Titans quarterback make in the history of their franchise, um, which is not saying much, Uh but, man, we just sat on the show last week or two weeks ago and said how the Tennessee Titans, like, they're such a stagnant franchise, and we feel for the fans. We truly sympathize for the fans because they really don't have, like, anything to be hopeful for or to cheer for. And here comes Mayo, Mayo Man. Mayo Man. I think, <laughs> Mayo I think, I think, I think that's his new nickname. That's his the, that's the nickname. Mayo man. man just walks in and lights up the stat sheet.
0: Crazy that he surpassed Tannehill's touchdowns on the season in like a half, <laughs> and you saw glimpses Sunday of why he had buzz for. I think people are forgetting he had like legit first overall first buzz overall at one buzz. point. the odds the, the, the odds, yeah. odds moved to him. The first. odds he
1: was favored for yeah, a little bit. Favored. Whether say what you want about was a Reddit post or something yeah, like that. It was crazy, crazy, yeah.
0: crazy time in yeah. Vegas. Honestly, the whole yeah. draft cycle last year with Stroud with Bryce Young with with Levis was crazy. And then I remember when. Tennessee was sitting there. I think it was pick 11. They ended up taking the guard at a Northwestern, Pete Skoronsky. I was like, this is it. This is going to be the Will Levis pick. They passed on him. They ended up getting him way later in the draft. And I think, in a way, that maybe helped him. Low expectations for him. Wasn't under pressure to start. Sat behind Tanhill. Kind of sat behind Malik Willis in a way, because lo- lo- like leading up to this week, it was, oh, they're both going to play. They're both Levis, taking first-team
1: reps. Uh, w- um, sorry, Willis did... Play early on in the game. Mm-hmm. He was, he was playing, he was getting snaps. Um, mind you, I was watching the Cowboy game, so I didn't know exactly what was happening, but correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the fans almost booed, <laughs> booed him off the field. Cause Levis made a t- comment on it after like how he got into the game. Cause um, Levis, um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Willis was getting booed. Um, it was something along the lines lap. but yeah, like he comes in, throws four touchdown passes, like genuinely looked like, Again, everyone knew this guy had crazy arm talent, right? That wasn't the question. Like, he came in and made throws that... We're talking, like, Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes could only make. Like, he, he's he got that kind of arm talent. And um, I guess the, the football gods answered our prayers on behalf of the Titans fans because, here, you got a stud right in front of you, and, and you're looking for it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's early. Um, and alluded to earlier, don't buy into things too fast, but all I needed to see was that one throw. Yeah. And for me, I don't know if it's crazy to say, but like, I'm, I'm all in on this guy already. Like, I, I think that his arm talent is so special. And if you're going to six, if you're going to have one elite trait, having an elite trait and at, as having an, a, like a cannon arm is like something that you could work with and mold someone into a franchise quarterback, which Again, he's expected to start Thursday now against Pittsburgh. And they said it's because Tannehill is still recovering, but I don't think Tannehill's seen his job back for I think the rest
0: of the season. it's hard to go, and it's it's crazy because the way Tannehill came in yeah. in Tennessee, it was because Mariota wasn't working out, and Tannehill just came in and just gave this team life. Yeah. Right? And if there's a team that needs life right now, it's, Will, it's the Tennessee Titans, and Will Levis has given that to them because... We talked about it. Nothing to be excited about. They were stagnant. They were boring. They were, I I think I called them borderline unwatchable. And I'm not saying that Titans and Steelers is like this now marquee event, but to me, there's a piece of intrigue in this game that just didn't exist before. Tough place to play against one of the best defenses in the NFL in Pittsburgh. Another crazy weird team that maybe could use a Will Levis under center as well because their offense looks terrible. I actually read this week, it was their first loss when giving up more than eight points. <laughs> or sorry, no, no, no I, I totally messed it up. It was the first time they didn't win. Before every time they gave up, I'm totally botching this stat
1: right now. What was? it? I'm gonna look it up. You, we gotta, we gotta find that.
0: They were talking about the fact that when the Steelers give up less than eight points, or so. No, no, not give. Oh my gosh, when the Steelers score. score When the Steelers score more than eight points, they win. That's the stat that That, they're talking about. Honestly,
1: regardless, that's crazy because it seems like even when they do win, it's like they're winning like 14 to 12. Yeah. Right? Um,
0: It's like they just need eight points and they'll win. Because because the the games that they win, the defense just locks down. Yeah. But anyways. uh, Honestly,
1: I will say this, though, about Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans, and it was brought to my attention by... One of, if not, I think the only Titans fan that I know personally. Um, he said, <laughs> I texted I him a text during the game yesterday. And I said, he's him. And then I said it to him. And he replies... Last time we were two and four, we made it to the AFC Championship. History will repeat itself. (laughs) So Tennessee fans, relax a little bit. You got a great quarterback on your hands, a great young quarterback. Um, Let him mold. Again, it's exciting. It's finally exciting. You have something to cheer for. Tennessee Titans football is great again, if great again. I should say great for maybe the first time. But um, yeah, it's exciting. Again, I was getting excited and I have like no ties to the Titans at all. Um, so I could only imagine what people in Tennessee are feeling. Like Will Levis looks like he could be the truth, and again, for a second round pick for a guy that was supposed to go as high as he did, fall in the second round, you got some value there. And uh, he cooked four TDs. Can't really complain. And I think I triggered it too because I'm in a super flex. I'm in a super flex league, and I dropped Will Levis last week for Tyrod Taylor.
0: I thought you were going to talk about your bold prediction because yeah. you you nailed your bull. I predict. did bold yeah,
1: I, I think you had three hundred yards. Yeah. I think you had two sixty seven something like that. I know. I but
0: your that. your bull prediction was he comes in three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and they and they win. Yeah. I think I had I had one of a bold prediction that was very close this week. I said the new it was just the off, tie absolute New York crapshoot two of the most unwatchable teams in the NFL, Jets Giants. I predicted a tie. They were so close. But that was an absolute bottle job by oh, the that was Giants. Good for, it
1: was a good, that was a good week for us. It was a good week for us. Week, I wish week.
0: we could say the same about our, our spread picks, which we'll get into later. later. Um, again, one and one for both of us this week, but a chance to bounce back. You talked about earlier, I mean, what got us into Will Evans in the first place was me saying, don't buy into it too soon. I actually wasn't even alluding to him. I was more so talking about the good teams in the NFL that had very bad performances, this, not only this week, but in the past weeks as well. San Francisco 49ers, prime example. They've lost three in a row. Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Broncos for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, that, was, that, that is one of the craziest, craziest streaks in football. Um, but I think in the spirit of Halloween, let's talk about which teams we are most afraid for. And, and what I mean by that is we'll focus on some good teams here, contenders, teams that are either going to be in the playoffs or have aspirations for more. Out of that group, which team are we scared the most for? Because the recent performances, they just haven't been it.
1: I mean, I'm going to just jump right into the 49ers here. If we're going to talk about spooky, which, again, I know it's Halloween, but the 49ers have been pretty spooky since they won their Super Bowl four weeks ago. Oh, boy. Since um, Never mind,
0: because four weeks ago, you were like...
1: The Cowboys suck. Yeah, it, I, but that's just... that. That's a Cowboys roller coaster as a fan base. Everyone knows if you're not a Cowboy fan, you don't understand. Okay. I, I'm going to shut up,
0: and I'm going to let you completely overreact to a new team now and let you talk about the 49ers. I'm sorry.
1: not re- overreacting to the 49ers. I still think the 49ers are a very good team. The reason why I feel I am almost scared for... I, again, I'm, if anyone knows me, I'm frightened. When it comes to anything remotely scary... We're talking Halloween here. I'm walking to a haunted house. I'm walking right out, right? I'm, I'm not, I don't watch scary movies, but I will voluntarily always watch the 49ers lose on Sunday. So I was enjoying it, but I will say this. The 49ers are a good team. I'm still buying, I'm not selling stock of the 49ers. I'm not necessarily buying it either. I wonder when I watch this team, if Brock Purdy is just another Jimmy Garoppolo clone. Like, sure, he has his ups. And again, we want to talk about how quarterbacks came in and gave teams new life. Like like you mentioned how the transition between Mariota and Tannehill and now Tannehill to Will Levis. It was sort of the same thing with San Francisco. Again, small sample size. Like, Brock Purdy's only been the starter for less than a year, right? Less than a full season. It's probably a little over 17 games now. But um, again, Jimmy Garoppolo was sort of just stagnant, Again, he was a good quarterback, but he wasn't anything special. Um, And here comes Brock Purdy, mystery relevant, comes in, completely takes the league by storm, right? He's playing smart football, not turning the ball over. But the whole time, everyone kept wondering, like, when is this guy going to fall back down to earth? Which he wasn't, right? Like, he was, like, just only getting better. And again, for someone that was... Picked the last last draft pick. Again, I think people forgot almost. Everyone just assumed to. they started touting him as like the next Tom Brady, right? Like, oh, you've got picked 252nd or whatever the last pick in the draft was. Oh, Tom Brady did it. So-and-so does it. Like, it's so hard for a quarterback to have sustained success. And again, Brock Purdy, I don't want it, like this to come off as Brock Purdy's like done. He's he's not an NFL quarterback because that's unfair to what he's shown but I think expectations for Brock Purdy, include myself, because I put him, again, I had, we did like sort of like a quarter season prediction and I had him as the MVP. Um, I feel like that, it just, again, it just a fair too high, right? And he's not necessarily falling back down to earth, but maybe this is who he is. Because I don't think he's played bad, like even against the Bengals. He didn't play, despite throwing two, turn, two picks and even against the Vikings, he turned the ball over a little bit. I don't think he's playing poorly. I just think he's playing sort of back down to the quarterback that he actually is, which, in my opinion, is similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like a good quarterback, he's going to have good weeks, he's going to have some plays where you're like, okay, what was that? And then, it, it, again, it feels very Jimmy Garoppolo-ish as the more and more I watch Brock Purdy, I get it's a it's a stretch of three games or whatever you want to call it, but I don't know, that's my, that's my concern. So it makes me scared of the 49ers because I'm, I thought... That they were this Super Bowl juggernaut. Like, when are they going to lose? Are they even going to lose? I don't think they're necessarily that.
0: I don't know. I, I, if I'm sitting here today, which I am, we're eight weeks through. Yeah,
1: eight weeks. I think
0: the 49ers have looked the best, at their best, of any team in the NFL. That I could okay? agree with. They've lost three games in a row right now. I think at this point, I would still pick them out of all teams as the Super Bowl favorite. Like, I genuinely believe they're still the best team in the NFL because I believe that they will get back to playing their best. And, and to me, that's, that's all that matters. A couple of years ago when the Rams won the Super Bowl, and I don't mean to say that because this team was like this, this team's going to be like that too. But I remember um, the Rams losing three games in a row at one point
1: in the season. Yes, and the two Bucs also did that. It when did. they won in 2021, I think
0: two of them were on primetime for the Rams, and it just looked ugly. Nothing was working. Matthew Stafford was turning the ball over like crazy. We were thinking, like, okay, you know, McVeigh's a great coach, but maybe his scheme is kind of getting figured out. Maybe they were just an early season darling, and they're not, they don't really have the legs to go all the way. If this was December, I would be worried. If this was January, I would be worried. But it's a long season, there are ups and downs, absolutely. And I'm still very, very confident that the San Francisco 49ers are going to find their feet and get back to being what they are, which is, to me, the best team in, in football. Because it hasn't just been Brock Purdy that has taken a bit of a step back. It's been the team across all areas. And I don't know, I'm I'm a massive Brock Purdy fan. I do think he is quite a bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he has the ceiling of a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or a Patrick Mahomes but I think he is a very, very smart and talented quarterback. And I think he suits this offense very well. And to me, I'm still putting my money behind the four ers And if anything, now is a great time
1: to get on the wagon because everyone's doubting them. Yeah. I, I will b- piggyback a little bit and maybe push back a tad. I'm not saying he's, he isn't best fit for this, for this offense, but again, a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo was fit for this offense too. I, I'm not like I don't want to. Comp- I'm not comparing him to Jimmy Garoppolo as like a bad thing. I just trying to like make light of of something or just put a little reason into it. Like I, I genuinely feel that like from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, the qualities are the same, right? I I I don't know. I, I guess as I'm saying it, it feels like I'm taking a shot at him because he's been so good. Yeah. I just again it just goes back to me saying like I think the expectations of him are just too high. Like people thought that he was going to come in myself included. There was that times where I was like so again I said he was the MVP through 4 weeks or 5 weeks whatever it was, which he was. He was playing fantastic football, but I just think our, our, like Brock Purdy's not going to be a top 8 or top 10 quarterback. Right, But you could still win with Brock Purdy. And again, if a team's going to win with Brock Purdy, it's going to be the 49ers. Because I do agree that you you look at their whole entire roster, like we're talking top to bottom, first player to the 53rd player on the roster, there probably isn't a better team in the league. But in this league, it tends to always come down to the quarterback. So is Brock Purdy going to do enough to... Sort of bring this team to where they want to go, and I'm starting to doubt that a little bit. Again, I'm not selling, but I'm not buying. Okay, when it comes to Fortnite, I, I think that's, I'm holding.
0: That's a little fair because you aren't being crazy or reactionary and saying like, "Oh, they're they're frauds." They're they like that's a that's a take that I can I can somewhat meet you in the middle with. Um, my one little concern, and I do think that this is going to come with time because, like we said, we're talking about a guy who's what, 13 starts in, in his NFL career, maybe a couple more than that, like still very, very raw, very new. It's playing from behind, and I yeah. do think that he will learn to do that because I think a lot of what makes the 49ers so good is there's there's a ton of stuff that is scripted, and they... What's, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? They execute to a T very, very often with... A lot of misdirection and a lot of, you know, all the attentions on one guy. And there's George Kittle wide open in the middle of the field. We saw that a lot against the Cowboys. Yeah,
1: yeah. When they can do that.
0: Yeah, three times. So you remember. When they can do that and they are, I, I always talk about dictating the terms of the game. And I find good teams always find a way to do that. That's, to me, what makes the Detroit
1: Lions so good. That's what makes the Eagles so good.
0: Perfect team. They play the game on their terms. Yeah. They make the other team wait yes. for them. Yeah. It's it's essentially bully ball. And I think the 49ers can do that very well. In the last couple of weeks, they've fallen behind early, in many cases, big plays from the other team. Jordan Addison yep. is a great example of it on the Vikings. And that is where they find themselves in trouble. So yep. not totally, I mean, you're not totally selling. I'm almost buying because they're scaring me a little bit. I don't well, hence I don't Halloween. care about October football. I think Halloween's a farce. And the NFL really doesn't matter right now. I, I honestly maybe buy into September a little bit more because teams are starting to get a little tired. Injuries are starting to pile up. Yeah. November, December. Talk to me in December, November, healthier. November. healthier. Yeah. That's when I think we're going to see the 49ers. I mean, look at the Bengals now. They're surging. Like, there are peaks and valleys
1: to a season, and we're, and we're seeing it right now. My Cincinnati Bengals, Buck. My Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase with that 7-11 chain. He's wearing it because he's always open. You heard the man. You heard the man in week two. I'm always bleeping open. And what has he done since that? Straight dominate. Always open that backflip in the end zone yesterday. My fantasy team was enjoying it, even though I put up 160 points and I lost. We'll get into that later in our fantasy segment. But are the Cincinnati Bengals back? Of course they're
0: back. Like, look look at the team we're talking about over here. And I did watch them in in week three-ish. I want to say that was around the time and said, like, Oh, man, this this looks a little bit concerning. They they don't look very good right now. Um, clearly, Joe Burrow was, was limited with that injury. Absolutely. But they just have way too much talent. And, and if anything, they've gotten this good earlier than I expected. Like, to me, they're almost ahead of schedule right yeah. now. They're well alive in the AFC race. They're alive in the division race. When they see the Ravens again, I think they very well could win that game. Like, they are officially back. Joe Burrow's back to being one of the Top five quarterbacks in the NFL, like he is. I, I find it funny. You mentioned Jamar Chase with that sort of public announcement that I'm always open, how much he's getting the ball. That's like a new theme with receivers. They just complain in an interview. Like AJ Brown like, yeah. too was like visibly frustrated that he hasn't gotten the ball. Now he's breaking records. Yeah. So teams are starting to learn to get the ball to their best players. Some teams do it before the receiver has a little
1: bit of a hissy fit. <laughs> yeah, which is I mean it's it shouldn't be that hard of a concept, yeah. but
0: <laughs> right. R- regardless, uh, the the Cincinnati Bengals are to me officially back.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I watched that game. Um with the Bengals on the 49ers yesterday. And I was honestly, I I was, I was, I, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up because I felt the same way. I was almost taken away with how good they were so fast. Like just three weeks ago, they looked like they were trending in the worst direction possible. Like they were falling off a cliff Mm -hmm. trending down that fast. And now that they're just able to flip a switch, um, against the 49ers in that fashion, uh, And and the 49ers were in a bounce-back spot. Like, they were coming off two straight losses. Like, that was a motivated team. They wanted to get a win. I get it they don't have Debo Samuel, but that was a team that was motivated, and they wanted to get that win. Like, to drop three in a row, like, to win that game is so, so impressive. Um, And that made me... Imagine at the stock... I was buying a stock, right? And I was, I was going to trade my stock. I was like about to go and give the Cincinnati stock away. And at the last second, I just, boom, and I kept it all. I didn't even put a little bit in. I kept everything because I think the Cincinnati Bengals are back. I think that the division is no longer just a chew-in for Baltimore. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to go on a run. And you look at, the, you look at this record, again, they have a. You look at their next schedule. You their next stretch of games is difficult. I get it. If they're able to find a way to win against the Bills this Sunday, you tell me what what this 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 stretch of games here. They go Texans, Ravens, which is again a toss up. Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings without Kirk Cousins and Steelers again. Like those, they could seriously go on a little run here, right? They got a few difficult games. If they find a way to beat the Bills, which it, they can, I think that's. I think we're finally in for a good Sunday night football game, right? Finally, let's hope we don't jinx it. I'll knock on wood. Um, Yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm loving what I saw um, from the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: I think the funniest part about this conversation is that they're still last in their division. It's
1: crazy. But if you
0: look at how the four teams have been playing, yeah, the Ravens have have been phenomenal. All's good there. But from the offensive side of the ball you watch the sealers, you watch the Browns. There's no way you can have more confidence in those two teams than you can for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you talked about picking them and, and the fact that the division is still alive. This is a team that I think we put out a post a couple of weeks ago on, on points, bet odds, the Bengals were like plus 400. They were sort of down in the dumps and everyone was thinking like, you know, the season's over for them. It's, yep. they're not going to be able to make up this ground. Like, they're well alive. And I think it, it's fitting with the theme of this episode that it is a long, long season. We saw the Chiefs lose to the Broncos this week. That could very well happen to a team like Baltimore, where they just play one bad game, they're caught sleeping. Bam. It's now a one, like literally just one game separating the two, and and they're gonna meet again. So
1: I, I'm I, trying I'm trying to pull up the um the division winners right now. I wanna see what the what the Bengals. I wanna see what what the ever so sharp um Las Vegas markets think about the AFC North. So yeah, see the the, the Bengals currently despite being in last place they have the second best odds for the division yeah. at plus 300
0: that's still pretty good like that that's is still good pretty odds. good value like i they're said very good value the ravens and even if you even table. if you
1: do feel strongly about the ravens that's good value too they're only minus 110 right that's good value if you feel like the ravens have it in the bag but again i think that this is going to come down late in the season and it's just the complete opposite end of the spectrum what people were believing was going to happen to the cincinnati bengals season just 2 or 3 weeks ago right um joe burrow looked like he was back uh, and I, again, I want to touch on the, the injury that he had to his calf. Uh, you watch him in the first five weeks of the season or six weeks of the season. And then you watch, just watch the first drive of last yesterday's game, I should say. Um, and you could tell that this guy is finally hundred percent healthy. Like he escaped a sack. Um, I don't know if anyone watched the, or if they recall the play, but, There was a play where he was scrambling for probably a good 11 to 12 seconds and was able to extend the play and get a first down. And I was like, yeah, this guy was clearly injured because he wasn't doing this the first four or five weeks, just his movement in the pocket before he just looked like he was stepping back. And if there was nobody open, he was taking a sack because he couldn't extend plays with his legs. And again, Joe Burrow is sneaky athletic. I don't think people realize how athletic he is and he can extend plays. I think that's what makes him so good. Um, and again, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go as far as Joe Burrow takes them and lucky them because there's probably maybe one quarterback that you can make the argument. You can make no argument for that's better than Joe Burrow, but, um, I'm excited. If I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan today on Monday, October 30th, I would be ecstatic by the way my team looked yesterday and very hopeful for the future.
0: All right, we talked about both these teams a ton today. The Bengals in the AFC North, the 49ers in the AFC West. Both those divisions, you know, three weeks ago looked like you could hand out the, the title then and there, and now the races are, are well alive with the resurgence of the Bengals and the 49ers crashing down. The, the Seahawks are now leading that division. If you're picking division winners in both those two, which teams are you picking?
1: I'm probably picking the same two teams that I I think I'm going to take the 49ers and I'm going to take the Bengals. You think the Bengals are going to win? Yeah, I do.
0: Okay. I it's, I, I think it could very well. I'm not sure when they play. I'm not sure if that's the Week 18 game, but I think this one could go very, very down to the wire. I don't think the Ravens are talked about enough. No, they're not. The Ravens a, are a good a, team. Like a very, very good team in the yeah. AFC. Yeah. And they look complete too. And you see some games where like Lamar Jackson... he he may not stuff a stat sheet, and they're still doing well. They're still putting up points. They're still winning. So I am big into the Ravens, and and, I mean, the Bengals look great too. Steelers and Browns, I think we both called them frauds for uh, over two hours last week. (laughs) But... uh, I had a
1: war, public war with... with Pittsburgh Steelers fans in our uh, in our most recent podcast clip. Are, are um, Steelers
0: fans climbing the ranks for like... Uh, for sure. The Raiders for, are for still number us. one
1: because for some reason, the Raiders fans <laughs> think that we have it all to get them because we criticized Derek Carr throughout his entire tenure in in the, in the uh, Las Vegas or um, Oakland. But, I mean, not for nothing, but I was right about that. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, like, you're the Steelers <laughs> too, right? like...
0: Listen, I know fans are getting upset. And it's, like, a, you well, should be upset. Kind right. like, yeah, of right. Like, not to come off as, like, you know, but Steelers are bad. Yeah, like, they're we, not, I don't know. We, we read through it last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, when, like, we were looking at the points for total for every team, and, like, the steel like, even now, they have 113 points for, like, that's less than Carolina. That's, like, uh, come on, guys.
1: Yeah, right? We're not taking yeah. shots. Like, we're not, again, we expect you guys to to give us backlash because you're fans of the organizations. Like we're not necessarily getting mad at, but like, you got to be realistic a little bit, you know, like again, there was a good comment though. There was a gif, obviously those that know us know that we are from Canada, Toronto to be exact, but um, there was a gif of Bugs Bunny cutting, uh, Canada from from the United States after our Pittsburgh Steelers. So state. I don't
0: know if that was like a a little I think in in music it's called like a, a double entendre where there's like dual meanings because I don't know if that guy was saying like fire Mac Canada like get Mac Canada at a Pittsburgh or if he was saying like take the country <laughs> the whole country canada like get these guys said, out of here because like, you guys are from that. canada at first i thought like okay he obviously knows we're canadian because a lot of people do know, know that we're canadian and he was like yeah get these guys out of here because a lot of times people be like oh, canadians know nothing about the nfl which isn't true there's a ton of no, NFL. that fans is absolutely
1: here. could be the farthest from true
0: and then i was thinking like okay no he must mean like maybe mac canada so you know what i might dm him be like yeah, yeah what do you, you know because honestly i was laughing i think i replied to him like this is a great comment regardless of what he meant but yeah, we always we like to have fun. With, yeah, with, that's with the, the whole fans. point.
1: That's the whole yeah. point. We're just like you guys, except we have a platform that we can <laughs> talk to, right? Like a, that's literally the only difference. Like we have it. You guys listen. We like to. We honestly, I like going back and forth with, with fans. I think it's awesome. Maybe one day we'll get um we'll get a call in feature on the on this podcast. But, um, speaking about football and underperforming players and teams, it's gonna lead us right into our did it segment of the week and. Again, it's not start and sit. We're going to change stuff up this week. Um, we're going to talk about fantasy trade for or trade away because we're sitting here at the midway point. It's not necessarily the trade deadline for fantasy purposes. I guess I think that is towards the end of I think November. It's always like American thing. Yeah, you. yeah. Usually, typically, it's about a few weeks away, a few weeks away. But we're going to talk about um, a player that you need to trade for, and then there a player that you need to trade away. We're going to give one and one, and obviously, this is sponsored by our friends at Did It.
0: Yeah, make sure to go check out the Didit app. Download it. The first call is free. It's a great little platform where you can chat with experts in the fantasy community, get their line of advice. Cat is on the Didit app. You can contact him. You can call. You want to win your, your league. Your
1: you want to win your league. You call me. That's you said you scored one hundred and sixty points this I week. Lost.
0: I scored less than sixty points this <laughs> week. If I read my team out to you. You would vomit. It was, you know, it's bad when the only person on my team who scored a touchdown was Cam Akers for the Minnesota Vikings. I am an absolute, this is probably the worst fantasy team I've ever had in my life. Um, and I'm four and four through week eight. So I'm, I'm battling, but yeah, one player you need to trade for, maybe a buy low on his value because you expect a big boom for him in the second half. And one guy you should trade away now while he still has that value. Who do you got
1: for the buy now? I'm buying DJ Moore. Um, I don't think he's necessarily cheap because he's producing, but he's still cheap compared to what his value actually is. And you look at DJ Moore, he's a ton of value, uh, sorry, a ton of volume um, in that Chicago Bears def- uh, offense. Obviously, he doesn't have his QB1, but I think that offers a buy-low window because he still sees an elite target share. We're talking in the 30%. Um, and when Fields comes back, this is going to be someone that you're gonna want to start every single week. I'm buying the heck out of DJ Moore. This throw, I've been buying him since Fields got hurt. I traded for him in a ton of leagues. I'm still trading for him today. Um and again, he, I think he's cheap. Like this is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year, and people are trading him for guys like Zay Flowers, who Zay Flowers is good, but there's still a Uh, probably a tier between the two guys, right? So buy DJ Moore, buy him up, buy him while he's low.
0: I got a similar player in terms of sort of where they were drafted star wide receiver. And we just talked about the Bengals, how they're absolutely booming. I'm going to look at T Higgins because he hasn't had a great season. He battled some injuries in the weeks. He has done well. He's found the end zone. And he's never going to be Jamar Chase, and maybe that will hurt him a little bit in terms of what he can potentially accomplish. Like, I don't think T. Higgins has a 35-point game in him. But if you look at a solid wide receiver two for fantasy that you can get at a bargain price right now, get on this now before Joe Burrow starts making these 300-yard and three-touchdown games a weekly routine. I'd go out and trade T. Higgins. He's probably in that similar space as Justin Fields where you can get him, not Justin Fields, sorry, DJ Moore. Sure. Where you can get him on a big discount and he can definitely come in, impact your team, and you can start him week in and week out. The Bengals have also already had their bye week. So if you're in a crunch where you it's need to win like every like single yep. week because you're like me and you're falling behind and you need to make the playoffs, T. Higgins is a great guy to go out and buy.
1: I like that. Um, yeah, so it's trade for DJ Moore, trade for D- T. Higgins, trade away. I'm going to start with Tony Pollard. Wow. Um, Again, it stings me to say because I drafted Tony Pollard very high in a couple of leagues this year. uh, But it's clear the Cowboys run game just isn't what it typically is. And I don't see it improving anytime soon. So take the chance to shop him around because he still has, just off of name value, he still has that elite RB1 tag on him, um, which could warrant a ton in fantasy, especially the state of running backs. Like, look at Pox team right now. He's got Cam Akers as his RB1. So if that tells you anything, if you got Pollard, you could trade him, make your team stronger, t- maybe trade for a couple guys that I mean have already had their buys. Um, but again, take Tony Pollard, sort of shop him around. Don't necessarily trade him just for scraps, but get strong value because I still think he has that. Um, just given the name and the nature of the running back position and see what's out there, I would be trading him if I get the right offer, because I don't think his situation is going to get any better anytime soon.
0: So everything you just said, you can just copy and paste into the person that I'm saying you should trade away. And this one really pains me because I was big on this guy to have a absolute boom of a year. I think everyone picked him to an offensive rookie of the year. And he was a first round pick in fantasy. And that's Bijan Robinson. And I think the talents there, if you own them in, in a dynasty or something like that, absolutely do not trade. Yes. Him. Because there's going to come a day, and not to wish on, you know, on the firing of anybody, but there is going to come a day where Arthur Smith is no longer the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and this guy is going to consistently score 30 points a week in fantasy. That day is not today, and it's not next week, and it's not anytime soon for the rest of the season. I love Bijan Robinson. I think he is uber-talented, but it's just come to the point now where we have such a strong sample size of Arthur Smith getting nothing out of his star players and very very talented highly drafted skill position players. Bijan has a big name, you could get a ton for him. You can get I agree. you can get DJ Moore, T Higgins and more. For a guy like TJ Rob or for a guy like Bijan Robinson, potentially go out trade him now. Because the more that these weeks of Arthur Smith hurting his stars pile up, the less and less you're going to get for him.
1: Yeah, I don't think that that Falcons uh, situation is going to get any better no. anytime soon. But that wraps up the Did It segment. Again, if you don't have the app, if you're not familiar with the app, it's a platform where you could live chat one-on-one with fantasy experts. Um, it's called Did It. The first call is free. I'm on there. You could chat me. Um, I'll help you make trades. I'll help you with your lineups. Um, There's also multiple other experts on the app. So download it. It's available to you for free. If you have us on our social medias, uh, the links are always in our bio. You can go in there, uh, click the link, download. Again, it's free on the app store. Um, First call is free.
0: Awesome. Um, That brings us to our final little segment. And like I said earlier, I wish this could be on better terms because we have gone stone Cold. Well, not yeah, it's, cold, it's, ice, it's ice. It's ice. It's not it's, good. It's tough when you're constantly getting these these one in one weeks, and I think I even had an 0 and two week in there. I'm eight and eight right now on the season, which you're not making money. You're losing a little bit. This just how Vegas operates. I, I definitely need a bounce back. And what was bad is I had the Rams as, as a pick this week, and that was over within like the first 15 minutes. Like 115. I'm like, well, there's <laughs> one of the spread picks. The best I can hope for is one and one. And then the Dolphins went down seven-nothing too. I'm like, oh, it's 0-2. <laughs> they ended up covering
1: for me. But yeah, I, I, I need a big week here. And uh I mean, let's go right into it. I was one and one last week, Texans. I, I did call the Carolina Panthers the worst team in the league, so maybe they heard me. Maybe they played it as some juice before the game. Maybe Bryce Young finally uh, heard that uh, we called him doo so far. I called him doo I called him doo I actually doo-doo. You, to, yes, you did. You Yes, you did. I didn't call him doo-doo. I, regardless, listen to the show. We're not going to ramble on about Bryce Young. But my first pick, I do have the first pick? You or do have you? the first pick. Last week, I took the Dolphins first. I'm going to go with the Mayo Man. Tennessee wow, Titans Thursday
0: night football on the Tennessee road. Tennessee
1: Titans on the road against my favorite team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go handle business. Take them back down to 500 team like they are. Mayo Man, the savior of Tennessee Titans football is here. Take care, lock it up. Mayo Man, give me the plus 3. Give me the chicken. The Titans are winning money line Thursday night. I don't know if I like that one. I just like
0: rookie quarterback, second start, short week, TJ Watt. Short week. He doesn't need short Thursday weeks. The guy's got football. guns. Did you like, see yeah. the guns on Okay, him? he can throw the ball far. Nice. And, <laughs> I, and I'm not saying Will Love this is not going to be a good quarterback. Like The jury is, is still out on that for sure. Love what I've seen so far. But to me, especially with how low everyone is, like, the public is probably all over this line. Everyone's low on the Steelers' offense. And this could very well set itself up for, like, a welcome to the NFL moment for yeah, Will Levis. He could and, get welcomed, And TJ but. Watt just has <laughs> two sacks, a forced fumble, an interception, and a touchdown. And he's scoring more fantasy points than the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense combined. But anyways, with all that, you'd think I'd pick the Steelers and just go against you. I'm not going to do that. Bounce back spots. I love them. I'm going to take the Texans. Minus three. They were real, real disappointing last week. They, yeah, they were. They hurt you. They hurt me. I'm going to take them. They're at home. And the Baker Mayfield story was great to start the season. It's starting to tail down. This is a game where the Texans are a unique spot because they didn't have expectations coming into the year. Yes. But this is a game that if they lose... They fall behind big time in the playoff race. If they win, it's like, bam, we're right there. We can compete. We have a chance. You need to need to win this game and, and bounce back after a big loss last week.
1: I like that pick. I like that. And again, as someone that's constantly been betting the Houston Texans this week, I won't be taking the two Texans this week because Pac just stained them from me. Yeah. But I'm going to do something that might sting your heart, Pac. I'm going to take the Kansas doing. City Chiefs minus two and a half. Again, this is strictly a trend bet. But whenever I can get Patrick Mahomes less than three-point favorite without buying points, I'll most likely take it. Um, Say what you want about the Chiefs, but the trend is the Dolphins struggle against good teams, right? Like, you look at their um, wins and losses. Who have they beat? They beat the Patriots twice. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Panthers and the Giants. Who did they lose to? They beat the Bills. uh, They lost to the Bills and the Eagles. So I'm sort of just betting the trend here. Um, again, the Dolphins coming off a big win against the Patriots. I think the Chiefs are in a bounce-back spot. Like you mentioned, I love bounce-back spots. Uh, they both got to travel to Frankfurt because this game is in Germany. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs minus two and a half. Can I just
0: say one thing quickly? It's so unfair that the Dolphins have to play. Like, I, Obviously, it's not like unfair like, how the schedule's made, but... You you mentioned who the Dolphins lost to. The loss of the Bills in week four. The Bills came off a loss in week three. Bounce back spot for the Bills. They killed them. They played the Eagles in Philly. Sunday night football. The Eagles came off a loss the week before to the Jets. Like, again, bounce back spot for the Eagles. This week, of course, of course, the one time Miami has to play KC, they come off a loss to the Broncos. Like, that's a a sharp pick for you. Especially, like, two and a half points. It yeah, could even be a close game, and it? it ends 31-24. Yeah. And like, I think it's going like, to be a close I'm game.
1: So, but it's like pretty much me taking the money line. I'm just going to take yeah. them two and a half.
0: It, it, it's a good pick. I'm going to end off with the Washington Commanders against the New England Patriots. I don't even know what they were. I, I have it written down here. I think they're, they're plus three against the Patriots. I've watched a lot of the Patriots this year. They're, they're not it. And yeah. you know what? Sam Howell has, has shown play play that he good. can be a good quarterback. That offense came alive last week. I know they always play well against the Eagles, but that's the pick for me this week. Commanders, plus three, lock it in. That's powered by our friends over at PointsBet. If you're signing up, use code BLITZ, and there you have
1: it. That's our show. And again, if you stayed this week, stay this long we are doing a bonus episode tomorrow we're doing an audio only podcast following the trade deadline so tune in for that um and yeah uh we'll see you guys uh, next tuesday take care